Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homiser with you. As always, Kurt, my friend, how are you? It's good to see you. I am doing well. I uh, I apologize for missing out on episode 54. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're busy men. We don't just podcast all day. So uh, I'm glad that you could, you could roll with it on your own. But uh, it's good to be back. It feels good to be back. And I'm very, very excited for this show as we are here to introduce uh, South Dakota State wide receiver, Cade Johnson. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Oh, splendid. Thanks for so, having me. I appreciate the time today. Absolutely. Of course, mate. No problem. So um, I was down in Mobile to see you at the Senior Bowl, and uh, you almost made me fall out of the bleachers with one of the receptions that you had down the sideline. Um, so take me through that process being down there. I mean, South Dakota State, a smaller school. Um, so how was it, for lack of a better term, you know, guys from, you know, bigger schools um, down in Mobile? How was that? Yeah, it was, a, it was a blessing. It was a great opportunity for me to just go down there and you know, show my skill set and what I'm about and just having, you know, a couple guys from my school go in years past with Dallas Goddard and Jordan Brown and just having those guys there in my corner and just kind of telling me what to expect. My week there made it just a really easy transition. And then I just believe in myself and my capabilities and, you know, what I'm about. And so um, just like the whole process, like I just made sure, you know, just to be myself down there and just appreciative for the opportunity that, you know, Jim Nagy gave me and the staff down there. And, you know, I really just wanted to go down there and, you know, make my point that I belong with um, the best of the best best in this year's draft class. And, um, you know, I think I did a good job of displaying that. So definitely. And I forgot, I forgot to start the show with this. Uh, you just celebrated a birthday two days ago. So happy belated birthday. Thank happy you. birthday. Kate Johnson. <laughs> Thank glad, you. glad you could join it with us here at, uh, at laces out, but run me through kind of, you know, it's been a crazy year for everybody, but, you know, especially for South Dakota State, you guys didn't have a season in 2020. How was it to kind of, you know, stay in shape, stay in football shape, get ready and say, you know, yeah, I know you were thinking about maybe transferring, playing that last season, but you didn't do that. And you declared for the draft. Tell me about this kind of whole process and your mindset going through that and just how difficult it's been for you. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I've definitely learned patience a lot um, just this past year and, um, you know, just being patient about everything. Um, I think that the biggest thing with my patience in this whole process is I didn't make any harsh decisions right away and, you know, committing to a school or going to there um, in fall, you know, I wanted to make sure I got my degree with everything. Um, And so, you know, I graduated this past fall. Um, and then going through the whole process, it definitely didn't make it any easier for me as I was getting a whole bunch of different offers. And, um, you know, I just kind of um, sat back and, you know, talked to my family, um, talked to some mentors in my life and just prayed about it a lot. And, you know, I'm 23 years old. I feel confident. I feel comfortable with where I'm at. And I just know that, 
you know, me making this next step into the NFL is, is, is what my destiny was meant to be in. Um, just put my best foot forward and, you know, grinding, working hard every day just to be where I want to be because, you know, I've worked for everything I've gotten and um, I don't plan on stop, stopping anytime soon. So, yeah. You know, Kurt, I think one of the coolest things about this show is the fact that when we have guys like this on, they're our age, and so we can kind of relate to that a little yes. bit more. So, yeah, we understand the entire process of, okay, now we got school during a pandemic. How are we going <laughs> to handle this? And I can't even imagine what it's like, you know, trying to deal with what you had to deal with. So take us through the process post, you know, the past few months leading up to the draft. What's that been like? Obviously, no combine um, and all the usual things that we would have. So what's this been like um, in terms of leading up to, you know, what we're going to have in the next few weeks when the NFL draft does come? What's your uh, draft process been like? Yeah, so, I mean, it's honestly been a great process. Um, I've been able to move to California, um, you know, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving time um, when I declared early after I got my senior bowl. Um, my agency's out here, and so, you know, they funded me an apartment, car, all the good stuff. Um, got my own chef, nutritionist. So I've been able to really just um, work on my body and, um, you know, get stronger in, in different stages of where I wanted to be a better football player. And so, um, you know, really just training for pro day and um, obviously having the senior bowl in there in January, that was just a good um, confidence booster in there um, to be able to go down to Mobile after, you know, 13 months of throwing the pads on and going down there and um, representing for South Dakota State and just, Omaha, Nebraska as a whole, and just, um, you know, just taking it day by day in each process. And it's been a, a blessing because in my agency, Athletes First, I've been able to train with, you know, some of the top guys in this year's draft class. You know, we're all signed to the same agents with guys like Michael, Micah Parsons and Panay Sewell, J.C. Horn, Kyle Pitts. So you see guys like that every day, and, you know, I'm talking to them, and, um, you know, we're hanging out and having, you know, good times and, and learning, you know, the next step that it takes to be a pro, you know, together is just a huge blessing for me and something, you know, I'm not going to take for granted. And um, just to be able to have, you know, guys like that surrounding you and, um, you know, it really raises your level and makes you want to be a better football player. Definitely. No, that's awesome. Um, but I mean, we are, we are 17 days away here from the draft. Uh, probably the moment you've been waiting for your whole life is draft weekend. And, can you kind of run us through, you know, ever since the Senior Bowl, I'm sure the uh, excitement has been building, but can you run us through maybe a couple teams that you've talked to, maybe maybe some teams that have stuck out to you, uh, you know, individually or just kind of, I don't know, any, any insight you got for us? Yeah, um, you know, I'd like to maybe not get into the teams as much, but I have <laughs> talked to, you know, a decent amount of wide receiver coaches from uh, okay. different or different clubs, like just in the league. Um, you know, just me and my agent, we decided that we weren't going to we keep all that information confidential. And um, I think that's the best way to do it. But um, it's definitely been a dream come true. You know, a lot of these teams I grew up watching on Sundays and then they're they're, um, you know, front offices like GMs and different wide receiver coaches are now calling me and um, <laughs> sitting down with them for, you know, 45 minutes, an hour. It's definitely been a blessing. So. Um, uh, it, you know, it's, it's long overdue where, um, you know, this whole process, it, it feels like it's going slow, but at the same time, it's like flying by. So just, you know, I'm, I'm ready for, you know, the last week of April to come by and <laughs> I'll figure out which team I'm finally going to. So, Definitely. and among, you know, you're among one of the top, uh, wide receiver prospects in terms of guys who are expected to go in that, you know, kind of in that window of, you know, early day two. So, 
What separates you from those other guys in that same window as you? What separates Kay Johnson and puts him at the top? I, I really feel like um, I can do, you know, any anything on the field. Um, in college, I, I, um, I had an identity as a special teamer before I was even a wide receiver. And so um, I learned to become really good at that kind of stuff um, just to get on the field at an early age. Um, when you're playing behind guys like Dallas Goddard and Jake Winicky, you know, who are getting the bulk of the of the, um, you know, passes on offense. And so um, I really learned how to, you know, bust my tail on special teams and make an impact that way. And then on top of that, um, you know, having success at a young age as a wide receiver, um, I learned to play every position on the field. And so um, I'm not just a left inside, right inside, right outside, left outside. I can play any position on the field. Um, you know, whether they need to put me back there at uh, running back and run swings or, or go up the middle or whatever they need me to do. So I feel like I'm just an overall football player and uh, I bring, you know, a lot of value to teams in which I can um, play all over the field, you know, um, a returner. I broke the school record uh, my redshirt freshman year. And so I feel like I just have a knack for, you know, making big plays and, and getting good yards for teams. And, um, you know, that's exactly what I'm trying to do when I go in um, to the next level. And, um, you know, I'm prepared to fully take, take um, responsibility of that and, and do that. So for, for anybody that, that doesn't know, Cade's being, he's being humble here. He mentioned his, uh, his record, but he, he holds quite a few records there. Let me, let me run through, uh, through a few here. So single season touchdown record back in 2018 with 17 touchdowns. Very impressive. Single game touchdown record with four and a single game back in 2018. Single season kickoff return yards with 839 back in 2017. South Dakota State MVP in 2019, All-American, All-Conference 2018, my friend. That is quite the resume. So uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure when, you, when you're talking to teams and talking to GMs and whatever, you know, they're, they're, they're interested in that, that, returner, uh, that returner aspect of you. Have you kind of used that as a focal point or, you know, are you, are you just willing to do whatever it takes to uh, make a roster? I mean, definitely, you know, that stuff only helps you uh, in the long run, especially – um, you know, I had two touchdowns that year, you know, on kick return. And I mean, I did that all the way back to high school, but, you know, teams definitely notice that whenever we're in the film sessions, like they'll bring that up. Like that stuff is huge, especially, you know, when you really look at a 53 man roster in the league and how many guys, you know, really need to play special teams and yep. how many, um, how many people can fill that role of kick returner, you know, um, a lot of guys, you know, in the college and, and, uh, you know, they're the star players for their team. So they're not doing as much just like being a wide receiver or stuff like that, you know. But, you know, I was able to do a lot for my team in college. And, um, you know, that's like I said, that's what I'm willing to do in, in the NFL. And I feel like that's what's going to separate me from guys um, going for wide receiver in this year's draft class with me. So oh, a guy who can do it all, all over offense. It sounds like a Sean Payton guy if I've ever heard one. Um, so. Okay, before we let you go, mate, uh, obviously last year's virtual draft was a big success and people really like that aspect of it, being able to kind of see inside the lives of these prospects. Who are you going to be spending draft day with? Uh, my parents. I mean, they've been with me all my life and, um, you know, they're both the best and they support me so much. And I'm just super excited to take on this journey with them by my side. And, um, you know, it's always family first for me. And, um, you know, just having, you know, God place these people in my life. I'm just super thankful for them. And, we're just going to take this, you know, head on and wish wish for the best. So, Well, Cade Johnson, South Dakota State wide receiver, 
the Buffalo Bills are uh, in need of some return help, so maybe we'll see in a Bills blue uniform. But we appreciate the time, my friend. Good luck on draft day. We'd love to have you on again later on once the season gets going. So good luck. Awesome. Take Thank care, you guys. Thanks, man. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. All right, and that is Kay Johnson. Big wide receiver prospect in this year's draft in South Dakota State. And there's a lot of them, but uh, there is a, he's lot a jack of, of all trades. This it's it's cool. I mean, last year with the, the wide receiver draft that we had, it was awesome. This year is arguably maybe even better. Even next year too. I mean, it's it's fun. And you know, like you said, he's the jack of all trades. He's he's the return man. He's the oh, and your dog makes another appearance. Look, my dog always loves- makes it. My dog always makes appearances in this show. Most he, lo- he, he loves the spotlight. He he, he's the he's the main focus of the show. But uh, no, I mean, like like you said, Jack of all trades, Kate Johnson, a name to keep in the back of your head. Uh, there's a lot of good wide receivers in this draft, but I mean, he he can do it all, and uh, I'm hoping for the best for him. Like I said, the Bills need a returner, so uh, we'll see. Maybe we see Kate in, in some Buffalo blue. We'll see. I mean, by that description you just gave, that sounds like a Sean Payton wet dream. Uh, <laughs> Him and Jason Hill out there running the running the yeah, show. Exactly. Oh, baby. But uh, speaking of receivers, a notable one called it a career today. Julian Edelman retiring after 12 seasons in the NFL, all spent with the New England Patriots. And, of course, Twitter exploded. Mm. And Ooh. I'm not going to say I partook, but I very much did. Oh, I, I, I tried to. I let me, let me get a, give a shout out here to uh, all my friends, all my friends that I went on my Super Bowl trip with wearing the shirt, of course. Um, but we're, we're in a big group chat and, and there's a few Patriots fans in there, of course. So they were, uh, right. you know, I, I had to put them in their place a little bit. They're, they were making an <laughs> argument that, that Julian Edelman was a definite Hall of Famer. And I said he definitely is not. And uh, we, had, we had some good conversations. So shout out my, my living sport family. But this is a good conversation. I know exactly where you stand because your pinned tweet yeah. on Twitter has been there for as long as I've known you. So we yeah, don't have to we don't have to disagree, but we're on the same page. Yeah, um, and that that started making its rounds again today because you know, <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that that's my pinned tweet. And as soon as the news hit, I know that Jason Aponte retweeted it, and it got started getting a lot of a lot of traction. So, look, I, somebody asked me. Um, who would be a good comp for Julian Edelman, maybe a different sport. And I think Julian Edelman is Andre Iguodala. You know, I think that mm. that is a fair comp to that. Okay. He had a few great moments in the playoffs. Clutch. That clutch that, clutch yes, in the playoffs. Okay. And other than that, he's been an average to sometimes below average player. Yes. So. Yes. It, and yes. everybody wants to go ahead. No, he, he has the shining moments in the Super Bowl. He has the shining mm. moments in playoffs. He has a lot of opportunities to get those because he makes the playoffs every year because number 12 was his quarterback. Correct. It, it, during the regular season, I said he's he's an above-average wide receiver. Uh, I was never, you know, he was never a game-breaker. Yeah, he had a – I mean, he torched the Bills a few times, of course, but everybody did back then. And it's just, you know, stats are one thing. Playoffs are another thing. Accolades are one thing. Yeah, he's got the rings. It brings only really matter for quarterbacks. I mean, it, it do we do we count rings? Yeah, he has three rings, but you know what did he do in the regular season? It, I saw I saw every, everybody was bringing out you know all the comparisons to different players and everything. Brandon Cooks is more more statistically Brandon Cooks is better than Julian Edelman. Correct. Statistically, Wes Welker is better than Julian Edelman. Edelman had thirty six career touchdowns. That is, I really didn't know the exact number, and I found that out today. It's low, man. It's very low. It is very low. 36 career touchdowns. 
Never been a pro bowler. Yeah, you know, pro bowler might be a little overhyped. Never was an all pro. That, we know that's just, not overhyped. That just does not sound like a Hall of Fame resume to me. And especially when you look at the fact that, you know, somebody like a Heinz Ward who can't even get to the semifinalist yeah. ballot of mm-hmm. the, the Hall of Fame, who has almost double the receptions, has a Super Bowl mm-hmm. MVP in his own right, uh, has a thousand rece- has um, a thousand receptions, double the receiving yards that Julian Edelman has. Mm-hmm. And you brought up Wes Welker. I think Wes Welker is a far better receiver than Julian Edelman was. Um, and he has a few more accolades than Julian mm-hmm. Edelman does. I don't think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. So no. um, I... And I, I knew as soon as I saw the news, oh man, this is gonna be what Twitter's gonna talk about. Because it's gonna be, had, it's gonna be a fun. Talk day about on the Twitter. same thing for yeah. the past three weeks in terms of the, uh, the 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 49ers pick, and they just wanted yeah. something else to talk about. So I understand that, but no, to me, he's a guy who had a long career and got the benefit of being Tom Brady's safety blanket yep. and going to the playoffs every year. That's a, that's the other thing. I mean, he already brought it up. It's saying, oh, he's only he's second all time receiving yards. Well, it helps when you know. And, Captain America know, on 12 is your quarterback. The the playoffs are, like I said, when we first started this whole segment, it it helps when you're in the playoffs, whatever, eight years in a row or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or was he in the playoffs every single year of his career? I don't even know. I think he was, wasn't he? Should be. Yeah, he got there in 2011. Yeah. Every year, but every year except this past year. Right. Wow. Okay. That just adds 2011, I think. That, that just adds a whole nother layer to this. I mean, when you're in the playoffs for that many years in a row, you're going to lead in a lot of categories. I mean, it, he didn't put the team on his back and take them to the playoffs every year. Number 12 did. And yeah. I, I want to give a, a shout-out right before I, we started the show here. I saw my good friend Bruce Nolan uh, tweet out, Ray Rice has more playoff rushing yards than Eric Dickerson. Joe Flacco has more playoff passing yards than Roger Staubach. I mean – Okay, and in the defense of the Flacco thing – it's a much different game today yeah, than it was when yeah, Starback played. Absolutely. So that's where it starts getting a little bit tricky because somebody said the same thing to me about how Lynn Swan's numbers weren't all that great either. It was a, wasn't a passing league in the 1970s. This so um, I think that it's hard to compare those errors. But even, you know, comparing more modern guys, I mean, Avernius Coles has better stats than Julian Edelman does. He has. Hold on, I sent out a tweet myself, something like that, and I don't want to misquote it. So <laughs> pull I'm up all the old really, tweets. I love. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna really pull up the this this heat that I've been coming with today. Um, <laughs> Twitter's, so, been, Twitter's been fun to scroll through today. I love I love I love been. when angry Patriots fans get all defensive, and then I. Oh, uh, me too. It's like, if you don't love the Patriots, you probably hate the Patriots. So everybody's just against it, and it's phenomenal. In terms of great feelings, that's like just <laughs> just a bolt of serotonin into you, and Patriots yes. fans are butthurt about something. So I did find it. Uh, okay. I said. I did a little bit of research myself. Julian Edelman has fewer catches than Bobby Ingram, fewer yards than Nate Washington, and fewer touchdowns than Dwayne Bowe. My God. So, wow. wow. I just, yes, it's great that he has the playoff success, but it also helps that he's there year in and year out. He has better playoff sets than DeAndre Hopkins, too. Does that make him better than DeAndre Hopkins? Exactly. Obviously not. It, so, Julian Edelman, he, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the guy. He was a cheater, you know, all that, but. He'll be remembered in the game. He'll be remembered for that Patriots dynasty, but that doesn't mean he has to be a Hall of Famer. He can still be in, you know, talked about in one of the greatest stories and one of the greatest teams and blah, 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 playing with the greatest quarterback. He's not he, He's not a Hall of Fame player. Only way he's getting in is if Robert Kraft buys his way in and just begs. I don't – what's the guy's name that, that runs the Hall of Fame? The big dude? I think his name's Joe – 
Oh, now I look dumb. I can't remember his name, but he, he's the one that always goes and knocks on people's doors. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I, I can picture him, but I can't remember. Yeah, I know, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't <laughs> you know what I'm name. saying. Yes, I know who you're talking about. But now he'll get into the Patriots ring of honor, and that's yes. the fullest extent of any sort of post-career accolades that he he'll probably have. He'll probably get his jersey retired, too. I mean, that's fine. Patriots. Yeah. Do the Patriots retire a lot of jerseys? I honestly don't know this. You might know this better. I don't know, but from that whole era, you know, Gronk, Brady, Edelman, they'll all get retired. You, you really think that somebody's they're going to let somebody else wear number 11? I mean, I mean, Edelman, I don't know. Edelman's like a, a, a god in New England. I mean, Teddy Bruschi was more of an important player than, eh, maybe. I don't know. Is there an argument uh, to be made for that? I don't know. I mean, somebody somebody else wears fifty four now. That's what I'm true. saying. True, this is true. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't retire every number, but I just feel like that's like a Patriots thing to do. Like he's he's a focal point of that offense, and he was with them for so long, and yeah. blah blah. Now our blah. friend, our friend Mike Tanier did say something funny, um, that as he I usually does. Commented on, yeah, yeah, he does. He's like something about how at this point they should just like create. Well, I said in the response to it because he was talking about Danny Mandola, Wes Walker, mm-hmm. and julian edelman all together he's like you might as well just throw them all in and i said that i wouldn't be a hundred percent against just like a three-headed bus that just reads brady's white guys on it <laughs> and then yeah. that can be that can be their collective hall of fame enshrinement for it's yeah. all of them together that would be kind of funny wouldn't it yes i i'm just so glad that edelman i never have to see his annoying face in the patriots uniform again he just good he, lord i know who we're never getting on this show no, no, please. <laughs> he, I mean, he just he tortured he tortured the Bills, and he was a good wide receiver. He was above average. He was, I, yeah, we could say great in the playoffs, right? You could say great I mean, in the playoffs. Yeah, I got sure. Yeah, yeah. He was he was great in the playoffs. He had great moments, but he's not a Hall of Famer. And that's that. Yeah. That's the end of story even, right there. Somebody, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Zach Brown, I think, is the guy who I saw on Twitter. I know it was Zach something, but he's like, are we even sure that Julian Edelman will be in the Hall of Very Good? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, he was he good. Can be, he, can be in the, he's, he can be in the Hall of Pretty Decent. He'll like, like you said, he'll probably be in the Patriots Ring of Honor, and that'll that's probably the be the extent. fullest extent that yes, he should get. I think so. So, I love how are you using a green screen right now? No, it's a kind of like a, you know, I, I just like to have a clean background. So it's just a yeah, white. Yeah, no, no, no. I was just saying, because whenever you lift up your, your water bottle to set, oh, it's no way. pixelated. It? Yeah. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's probably something Bill's. I probably have like a. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. I need to, I need to get a green screen and look, look. I'll have like Josh Allen over my right shoulder. Yeah, me too. I mean, I hate the background I have, but unfortunately, you know, with my room set up, it's kind of hard to find anything else. So you just get to kind of stare at my. That's right. See, it would be neat if this shelf was lower back here because I got you know a bunch of signed memorabilia. I got a few mm-hmm. books. So move, like, move your uh, move your dresser right behind you every time you record. See, that, that <laughs> would be a hassle that I just do not feel like doing. But this is true. All right. Well, but, hey, we let's 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 do some draft talk. We had Kate Johnson sorry. on early. Appreciate his time. Uh, we talked about the wide receivers. Oh, Kurt, you're muted. Hello. There you go. I got you. Um, I, I want to kind of touch on you know the the skill positions in this draft because there's a lot of them. We we mentioned the yeah. the wide receivers. This this draft are, are stacked. Can't forget about the the running backs. Can't forget about the tight end. So I want to just do a little you know our favorites rank maybe the top three, maybe a sleeper that we have. So we can uh, we can start with the the wide receivers here. 
I want to know your number one, your wide receiver one. Is it Jamar Chase? Is it Devontae Smith? Is it Jalen Waddle? Those are the top three. Those are the big dogs. Who do you got? I like Jamar Chase out of all of them. Um, but I'm always hesitant. I'm starting to become more hesitant to talk about first round receivers just because it's starting yes. to just be a lottery at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, the the top three guys that went last year, that was the fifth guy that went that that outplayed all of them. So uh, wait, be- before we get too deep into this, I, I it was two episodes ago. I think we had this conversation of um, when was the last time a, a first round wide receiver turned into you know what he was supposed to be. And we said Julio, but I kind of forgot. And I, maybe these two names. I don't know. Maybe we could have a little discussion. Mike mm-hmm. Evans and OBJ. I mean, OBJ okay. had ever since he went to Cleveland hasn't been of old, but when he was the Giants. I think yeah, he lived up to it. Mike good. Evans has absolutely lived up to it. So I think I think we skipped over those two, and I kind of feel bad. Yeah, no, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. in a giant uniform is very good. Mike Evans yeah. has been very slept on for a long time, and I think that Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay kind of helped get more eyes on him. But no, yeah, th- those are those are fair. Yeah, I would. But I would other than that, that, other than those two, I don't really know. And then Julio. So it was probably Julio and then those two, and there really has not been too much more success with wide receivers taken in the first round. Yeah, I mean AJ Green in twenty. What year was that? Twenty ten. Yeah. Well, yeah. What what year was that? Twenty ten, I think, because that was the same draft as Cam Newton. I was oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, he was he was fifth overall, wasn't he? Yeah, it was twenty ten or twenty eleven. I know it wasn't any later than that because twenty twelve was Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin the third. Let's see, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay. Yes. Okay. And then I don't know. Before that, I mean, the last really great one was Megatron in 07. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, there has not been a lot. That's the point. Yeah, that it's is very the point rare. that we're trying to make here. So, yeah, I'm always starting to become more hesitant to rank them just because mm-hmm. you know, it is it, it, it is a lottery yeah. in many in many ways. So, uh, I mean, Jamar Chase is the one I like the most. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them are good. I hope all three of them are good. Um, you know, Jalen Waddle had the injury last year, so. You know, we didn't get to see too much of him in 2020. Uh, and then obviously Devontae Smith won the Heisman. So I I think I'd put Devontae Smith number two just because, mm-hmm. you know, he just went to a whole other level last year. But I think Jalen Waddle at the next level is going to be a more valuable weapon just because I, th- I think he can do some things that the other two can in terms of his speed, his his athleticism. So I think that Jalen Waddle could be more of a gadget type guy in some ways at the next level as well. But no, I think Jamar Chase and, and Devontae Smith would be my top two, but Jalen Waddle is is not far behind either of them. The the Waddle injury, I feel like it shouldn't bother me because there's always so many guys that come into the draft, you know, that have injuries and they turn out just fine. But it concerns me a little bit. And, you know, I I see a lot of people putting Jalen Waddle as their number one wide receiver. I just think that Jamar Chase is too much of a complete wide receiver. I mean, he's he's smooth, he's fluid with everything he does, and you know, I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be a, a surefire hit in the NFL. And this it all depends on where they go too. I mean, if they go somewhere that doesn't yeah. have a quarterback, they're they're not being set up for success. But I I love Devontae Smith, and really, really, you could probably just interchange either of them. I just think that Jamar Chase is going to be a all-around better wide receiver, but I could see Devontae Smith becoming somebody like an A.J. Green, uh, since you mentioned him. you know, uh, uh, A.J. Green in his prime, obviously. We're not mm. talking about current A.J. Green that's now on the Arizona Cardinals, which is weird. But mm. uh, Devontae Smith, he just, you know, 
I think he could become a, a very good, very good wide receiver or a very good number one wide receiver. But again, I would not be totally surprised if the sixth or seventh wide receiver taken in this draft becomes the next star. Look at Justin Jefferson last year. I mean, it's like you said, it is an absolute lottery. And it's, I guess it adds a little more flair to the draft, a little more fun. And it's not just one and done. And we, we think back five, five years down the road and we figure out who's the best one. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's what makes the draft so special is because, you know, anybody theoretically can can take that next step and become the mm-hmm. next star. So, but in terms of guys that are getting too slept on, there's a few. Rondale Moore from Purdue, I think he's going to be, I would not be surprised if he ends up being the best wide receiver from mm-hmm. this class. I'm tired of hearing the argument, oh, he's tiny. I don't give a damn. I don't care. He's, the things that, did you see his his uh, his pro day? He had like a 41-inch yes. vertical. It's yeah. disgusting. He's yeah, fast he's as a bullet. Yeah. So, and people want to point to the injury history and the size. And I, I get maybe injury history, sure. But I don't care that he's small. He, part of me really wants to see him in Miami. Simply because you put him in the slot, run some RPOs with Tua, hit him on a slant and watch him run. Yeah. And he could be a great return specialist at the next level. I think that Rondale Moore, wherever he goes, as long as it's got the right quarterback, I think that he is going to – I wouldn't be surprised if Rondale Moore gets some Rookie of the Year votes next year. I think he's going to be that good. I'll take – I like it. I like it. Um, I like Kadarius Tony. I like him a lot from Florida. Uh, I, I'm sure, obviously, you know, you're, you're a draft guru yourself. But um, for anybody that doesn't know, Amon Ross St. Brown's story, it's phenomenal. Do you know this? his story, kind of his, his family background? I don't think I do. Really? Okay. Well, you're do in his father, Amon Ross St. Brown's father, was a two-time Mr. World bodybuilder. So okay, I feel father, like I, I knew that part. That, yes, his father, his father named him after the Egyptian god and had him on a strict diet and weight training from a young teenage, as a young teenager. And everybody calls his his family the you know he's the Lavar Ball of college football. <laughs> And I just love his story. I mean, that's so cool being named after an Egyptian god. Your dad being a a world class bodybuilder, being started from a young age. The guy's got talent. I feel like he's probably got the work ethic if he started from being you know thirteen, fourteen year old, years old when he started his strict diet. Yeah, I think he could be a fun prospect in this drive. I mean, he's big, so yeah. now he's going to be he'd be a good red zone threat the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not a one trick pony either. I mean, he's a solid route runner. He's got good hands, so. Um, you know, a complimentary guy to maybe someone like an Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think that would be a good fit for him. And his brother uh, plays. Second. His brother plays in Green Bay as well. Yes, link so up the brothers. That would be a very good thing. That makes all the sense, even though that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Pittsburgh Steeler in 2022. So it only be a one year thing. So <laughs> we we actually have we actually have things to talk about now. We're not just living <laughs> in, in a fantasy land and have nothing to talk about on the podcast. So, um, but no, it, you know, I I think. Can you imagine if Green Bay doesn't go wide receiver in either the first or second round this year? Aaron Rodgers is going to walk out of the building himself. He'll just say, I'm gone. The crazy thing last year was that in multiple spots, you know, those guys that were kind of slept on, they stepped up in a lot of ways. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scaling had a really big week one and was consistent throughout the year. Alan Lazard stepped up a little bit, but no, after that, there's not a lot there. They they need depth. I mean, that's very much so. They need depth because – Devontae Adams went down a couple times last year. He was out for a few weeks. And, yeah, they have some nice pieces underneath. 
But if Devonta Adams goes down and then Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling goes down, then what do you do? I mean, the the offense is not very deep. Um, they they bring back Aaron Jones. They draft AJ Dillon, which is still a head scratcher to me. I don't. You pay a lot of money for that running back, and you, you don't help out your quarterback in the passing game. It's beyond me, but no, I'm not the GM. But uh, if if they don't go wide receiver in either the first or the second round. I think there may be riots in Green Bay, and they will be tearing down the doors at Lambeau Field. Yeah, the 2020 Green Bay Packers draft is one of the most pointless and unsuccessful in recent memory. It just made no sense. Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, neither of them really saw – well, Jordan Love saw none, but A.J. Dillon really did not see too much. And I kind of thought that, you know, okay, draft A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is a free agent the next year. Let Aaron Jones walk. Let A.J. Dillon take over. That is not the case. They paid Aaron Jones a lot of money. Well, they let Jamal Williams walk, if I'm not mistaken. He's in. Uh, <laughs> they they the, did, yes, but still, I mean. <laughs> so he'll be the number two guy now. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I don't know. No, I get what you're saying, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. So hopefully, you know, the biggest thing right now is that Aaron Rodgers is still playing at the top of his game. And you're only going to get so much of that throughout the next – however long how however long he can keep doing this Mm -hmm. so your window with every year that you miss it's closing that much more and at some point you just got to give him enough help to do that and Mm -hmm. they aren't doing that right now they they most definitely are not doing that that is for sure um but let's see we we talked about talked about the wide receivers let's uh i don't know do we do we have to kind of rank the, the tight ends i feel like the tight ends no are, not really i mean they're Kyle Pitts know, and then a whole lot of blankness and then you know our, i guess our, our boy pat and i and then Brennan yeah, Drew, kyle sure. pitts and pat fryermuth are going to be the ones that go well pitts will go in the first round fryermuth will either go at the end of the first or early day two then i'd, after be, that, I'd be a little surprised if he goes in the first round yeah i would too but at this point at the yeah, same time i wouldn't you know a, a few weeks back if you would have asked me i probably would have said you know Maybe maybe the Bills are an option at thirty, but I, I any of those late teams I don't really see needing a tight end. I think he's a a great day two pick, a, a second round pick for a team. I mean, he could be a guy like T. Higgins last year. He was the first pick of the second round for Cincinnati. He, he turned a, turned it on and played pretty well for for Cincinnati. So Pat Fryermuth is a prototypical tight end, and, and Kyle Pitts was made in a lab and. I hope he's so fun to watch. I really, I really hope he. I hope he goes to Atlanta. I think that'd be so. That'd be fun offense to watch. I guess so, but it wouldn't make sense for Atlanta to pick him. No, it really wouldn't. It, it would be wouldn't. like the CD Lamb pick from last year, where exactly they really yeah. didn't need it, but it's just too sexy to pass on. Well, that's fine. I mean, if Atlanta does that, then I hope that their offense scores forty points again because their defense <laughs> is going to allow thirty nine. So you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why they would go with Kyle Pitts there. I mean, I get he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent, but they've got much bigger needs on the other side of the ball. That was evident last year, most notably in the games against Dallas, Chicago, and Detroit, in which they blew leads in the fourth quarter, notoriously. So, yeah, we'll see. But um, in terms I, of Pat I, Fr- I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I mean, I feel like the, the Falcons, they are a very important team in this draft because, you know, for many reasons. I mean, they hold the fourth overall pick. But, you know, let's say they're sitting in the second round. They got an early pick in the second round. Trade back up into the first round. I mean, call up a team, you know, whoever's sitting at 28, 30, 
call up Buffalo at 30. I mean, I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Bills trade back. Uh, you know, you could call up a team like the Saints, even though I think the Saints probably want to stick in the first round. Green Bay, stick in the first round, take take a wide receiver. But a team like Kansas City or Tampa Bay, I mean, if they get back into the first round and, and can still maybe get one of the top corners or, or if there's still a defensive end or a linebacker still on the board, Atlanta could have a nice first round. Um, I don't know exactly how many picks they have this year, but this could be a big draft. I mean, they, they really – if they're going to do it, they just need to go all in while Matt Ryan's still there. You're not going to move him. Just just try to win while he's there. There's no point in really tanking yet. I think they're going to actually move down from four. That wouldn't surprise me if yeah. they decided. I wouldn't surprise me, especially when there's yeah. teams who want quarterbacks behind them. I think, um, I think somebody's going to get desperate. I think somebody's going to probably give up a, a healthy amount to get up to that fourth. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Denver. You know, they're sitting yeah. at nine right yeah. now. We don't know how they feel about Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. So if they, you know, if the front office, you know, George Patton there now at the GM spot and John Elway are talking and saying, you know what, Trey Lance is going to be there at four. We like Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. Let's trade. Let's call Atlanta. Let's move up. Let's get Lance and, uh, you know, see, go from there, I guess, and see yeah. whenever we're ready to use him. Because, I mean, obviously, if they take Trey Lance four overall, he's going to be used at some point. Drew Locke's going to get moved. Yes. It's just a matter of when and where, not if. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a team like that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, looking th- you know, the rest of the top ten, uh, you know, Carolina doesn't need to anymore. We know that. Uh, Miami, I would be surprised if Miami does. I think that talk's kind of quieted down a little yeah. bit. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback, but um, there are definitely teams, even on you know between picks, you know, ten to fifteen, um, or even if you want to go, I mean, Pittsburgh at twenty four, they'd have to give up a good amount to jump from twenty four to four. Mm-hmm. but um would would you be i i would not be would you be totally surprised if we see carolina if trey lance is sitting there they're gonna let him pass mm-hmm. i would not be totally surprised because you don't know you traded for sam darnold and yeah you gave up three draft picks for him but you don't know if he's gonna turn it on and, and light the world on fire and be your starting quarterback if trey lance is sitting there you got a nice little quarterback controversy you trade teddy bridgewater you recuperate some of those picks there you go Here's the thing with that, though. I feel like the last thing that Sam Darnold needs mentally right now is that type of distraction. True. And that that is the one thing that I think Carolina and Dave Tepper and the entire front office would take into consideration. Like, we just mm-hmm. traded for Sam Darnold. We committed to him next year as well. Yep. Let's at least give him some confidence and make him understand that this is his team okay. and that we believe in him. So uh, that's the only thing. And now Carolina could use that to their advantage too, because if they know that, if let's say that Denver does stay put at nine and Trey Lance does uh, fall to eight, and they know that there's there's going to be interest from Denver and taking yeah. Trey Lance, they can use that to their advantage and say, "Look, guys, we're sitting at eight. We don't need a quarterback. Highest bidder. You know, you got mm-hmm. five minutes to to start okay. offering. If not, then we'll just take who we want, and Denver Denver can get Trey Lance. But yeah. no, they could definitely use that to their advantage if that's how it does play out. Yeah, that's. Mm. They they hold a lot they hold a lot of power out there. I mean, I they could go a lot of different directions. I I mentioned in the last show a couple couple weeks ago that no, I wouldn't be surprised if they go wide receiver to help out Sam Darnold. They could they went defensive heavy last year, um, so I think they probably focus more on the offense. Yeah. I mean, they could go they could go you know a player like Slater and help out that offensive line because they still have the best running back in football when he's healthy. So Derrick Henry might have something to say about that. Would you take Derrick Henry over Christian McCaffrey? 
That's you know, a good I, debate. That's a good debate. I used, you know, last year I would have said something different, but Derrick Henry's. Yeah, I'd take Derrick Henry over Christian McCaffrey. Okay, I, I would. I'd have to. I don't know. I, I can't just think off the top of my head because I've never really thought this debate. But right now, I'm sticking with Christian McCaffrey. We'll save this for another show, and, and that's fine. Do a debate, but this is a good segue. We can uh, we can move to the running back room because we might see two in the first round. We might only see one, and I don't know. I I would be surprised if no, maybe I wouldn't be surprised. I I think. I don't know. Are, are two running backs going in the first round, or are we only getting one? I think both of them will. Yeah, I think Najee Harris will go. Uh, I think I Najee Harris will go first. I, I, I think he's my number one running back. I think. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't be totally surprised if Travis Etienne ends up first round of the second pick or first pick of the second round. Sorry, um, but no, I think Najee Harris is, is my running back one for sure. No, I like ETN more personally. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, okay. I, just, I just think he's got a little Alvin Kamara in him, and if put in the yeah. right system, he can be very similar to that. But you look at the teams, you know, between that, you know, fourteen to twenty-five ish range where we kind of expect them to go. Um, the Vikings, uh, you know, I mean, they got Dalvin Cook, they got you know a solid core behind him. I don't think they go there. Plus, they need a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. New England, that's an interesting one if they stay put. Maybe they try another running back in the first round. Um, Arizona, James Conner visited there today. So if he signs there, they'll probably just go with a one-two punch of Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And they need offensive line help still as well. So I would say no to that. The Vegas Raiders have no offensive line and just signed Kenyon Drake. So they're probably out. Uh, Miami at 18. I think that that is where we could see one of them go. Um, That's a serious possibility, obviously, depending on how the board falls. Um, And I mean, I think it's pretty surefire. I don't know. I don't want to say surefire, but... Is Miami Miami's got to go wide receiver at six? I mean, if they're Penny, gonna go, you know, I they're gonna go any sort of combination of running back, wide receiver, and offensive line. With if Penny Sewell goes, if he goes to Cincinnati, that means that Miami is going to have the pick of whatever wide receiver they want. I find it hard to believe that they'd pass up on a Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams or you know Jalen Waddle, whoever they love. I feel like Slater might be a little bit of a stretch at six. I think he's a oh. very good. I think he's a very good offensive line. I think he's very close behind Penny Sewell, but at six, when you really, when you desperately need offensive weapons, here's yeah, what you, I would do personally. I would take Rashawn Slater at six. I would take Travis Etienne at eighteen, and then going into that next round, I would take uh, Rondale Moore. And then yeah. I would take one of these other well, ones in the later rounds, whether that be Amon Ross St. Brown, if he's still there early third round, which he very well could be. Mm-hmm. I would take two receivers and the back-to-back pick second and third round. That's what Well, when, when Miami was still sitting at three, I had them going Penny Sewell. I mean, mm-hmm. he Rashawn Slater is great offensive lineman too, and I, think, I don't think Miami can be wrong for going offensive line, but I think you trading back to six – that's a perfect spot to take the first wide receiver. I know we just we just hold, had a whole thing about you know wide receivers are, are no gimmies in this league, but a team they desperately need wide receivers. When Devonte oh, when Devonte Parker went down, I mean they were they had Jakeem Grant as their number one wide receiver. I just think six six is like a sweet spot for when we see that first running or first wide receiver come off the board. And hey, maybe we see them take you know let's just say they take Devonte Adams at six. We, I would not be totally surprised if we see them take a, a, a Travis Etienne at 18. 
they go they double dip with the offensive weapons, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went receiver and then running back. Um, but personally, you know, we see a lot of receivers go after round one that turn out to be very good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's starting to kind of get that running back nostalgia. That's not that's the wrong word. That running back, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Stigma. Yes. Running okay. back stigma where, you know, you don't got to take one early anymore because there's always going to be good ones later on. I think that they could pull that because, you know, there's not a lot of great tackles in this game. You know, there's a solid, mm-hmm. you know, five to ten at any given time. There's a lot of good receivers at all times. So I think that they can get a tackle. Uh, then they get a running back because God knows they need that as well. I, the running back room is worse than their receiver. Oh, right now. It's, it's it's terrible. But to to counter that point, just for fun talking points here, if they were going to go tackle, wouldn't they just stay at three and go Penny Sewell? He's he's the best tackle. Rashawn Slater is a great tackle. I think he's going to be good. He's right behind Penny Sewell. But if they were set on on going tackle, I feel like they would have just stayed there and take Penny Sewell. No, just because they get a one, they already have a boatload of draft picks, and then they can just add on to their riches. So sure. I think that they understood the fact that there are this is a very deep offensive lineman class, a very mm-hmm. deep wide receiver class, and they'll have their pick at whatever running back that they want, more than likely. So if anything, they just move back a few spots to do what they were already planning on doing in Fair. terms of okay. taking one of these offensive linemen. If that yeah. if that is what happens at least. So yeah. um Let's keep going on on the list here of who needs a running back. Okay, sure. All right. So Miami at eighteen, Washington football team at nineteen. I mean, I like Antonio Gibson a lot. He had a great rookie year. Uh, the Bears, maybe. Bears. That seems like a very Bears thing to do. Need a lot more than just running back, and let's take a running back. So maybe the <laughs> Bears. Maybe uh, Indianapolis. No. No, they're they're set with Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor's fine. Tennessee, obviously not. The Jets. The Jets, maybe. Maybe, maybe the Jets. That would be ah. See, if I all right. If I'm the Jets, I just got Zach Wilson. I don't want this to become Sam Darnold 2.0 where he has no help. I'm taking a tackle to put opposite of Makai Becton. And then later on, I'm taking a few more offensive linemen and trying to fix whatever the hell that was last year because yeah. it was horrid. So they could, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Because this is a very good offensive line class and not a very good running back class. So mm-hmm. maybe they see it that way. You know, if Travis Etienne's still there, they take him. Next pick, you know, it's an early second round pick, which is basically a first round pick at that point. If it's the 34th overall pick, they can still get another really good offensive lineman. So yeah. they, I wouldn't I mean, be surprised they, if they did that. With Miami, they really have no run game either. I mean, I think they yeah. signed Coleman. Who else do they have? I mean, they, I don't even think I could tell you. I, I don't think I could tell you either. Isn't like, Kalen Balage was there, but I think he, I think yeah. he actually signed with Pittsburgh on like the practice um, squad or something. So. Tevin Coleman is RB one for them right now. So mm. uh, yeah, Jets Jets sitting at twenty three. That's a possibility. Would you are you going to be upset if, if Pittsburgh goes running back? I know I know you you love you love J.K. Dobbins last year, but mm. what about this year? If Travis Etienne's the pick, I'll be happy. I'd be if, ex- if ecstatic. If Najee Harris is the pick, what? Um, I'd still be okay. I mean, I don't yeah. hate Najee right. Harris. I think he's good. If uh, I just if didn't one know of those you, two is the pick, I'd be okay. I just didn't know if you wanted to go, you know, corner or, or offensive line or. Oh, they need to do that at some point too. Don't get yes. me wrong, you know. Yes. And I think that they will. Um, so no, if Et, I'll be a lot happier if Etn's the pick. I'll still be all right with Najee Harris. Um, 
And then I think second round, they'll go some form of combination of either corner, offensive line, for some reason, maybe linebacker, because that seems to be what they do every year. So something of that nature where it'll be on the defensive side of the ball or an offensive lineman. Okay. All right. Now we got the Jaguars sitting at 25. James Robinson played well. They don't need a running back. Cleveland at 26. They absolutely do not need a running back. Nope. Baltimore at 27 does not need another running back. We've got 17 on the roster already. My goodness. Uh, New Orleans, no. Nope. Green Bay, no. Nope. Buffalo, possibly. possibly. I don't think that it's not their biggest. I, don't, I would be surprised as hell because, look, I don't think that Harris or Etienne are going to be on the board at 30. After that, I don't think we're going to see a running back till maybe no. mid second round. So I, that is a, the, a hot topic debate in, in Bill's Twitter and, and Bill's Mafia whether what, running back what, what do you think about the running back situation in Buffalo? No. Um you do not need uh here I'll, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are good. Um I I like Zach Moss. I, I think that he could really be something in this league. Um they they kind of got a nice trio. I was talking to uh my friend Ryan Thomas I was on his podcast a couple or a week ago or whatever I was kind of breaking down the running back room because it reminds me a lot of the 49ers when they went to the Super Bowl. Obviously now because they have Matt Breida, but Matt Breida's the got the breakaway speed. I mean, that guy is fast as a bullet. He can he can beat out anybody in this league. Devin Singletary is kind of the guy that'll make you miss in a phone booth, but he doesn't really have that breakaway speed yet. And Zach Moss is a guy that will just stiff arm you into oblivion. So they kind of have the nice three-headed monster of running backs that every team would want. So I think they can ride with that, and I think they're going to do it for one more year. If that doesn't work out, then I think next year we talk about, all right, we need to change the the, the running back room a little bit. But, I mean, a thing to remember, all five of the Bills starting offensive linemen never played together this past year. They, they never did. John Feliciano was out to start the year. Cody Ford went out uh, towards the end of the year or the middle of the year. So they've never played together. So, you know, continuity on the offensive line has not been great. So, I don't think that running back at 30 is a smart move. There's there's other needs on the team. Um, but, you know. Like it, Pat Fryermuth. I don't know. Like I said, I, I just don't I don't see him at being a, a, a first round pick. Um, I don't know. I, I think Bill's I think they I think they should go corner. You need somebody opposite of Trey White. Levi Wall. Can you imagine if Caleb Farley slides to 30? <laughs> I can't believe that he's dropping this much. I, I get the injuries. I get it. But if he's healthy, he is the best corner in this draft. I mean, I would I would be – you wouldn't even want to record an episode with me if they get Caleb Farley. Yeah, I like J.C. Horn more than I like Caleb Farley, but Caleb really? Farley isn't okay. very far behind. Um, I mean, J.C. Horn has just – Absolutely, J.C. Horn has skyrocketed. Yes, with this pro day and every. I mean, he has. He started off, you know, maybe fourth or fifth on on the rankings, but now he's uh, he's shooting himself up. So I, I I like it. It's uh, it's cool to see. I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's this cornerback draft is this class is stacked, very stacked. stacked. So, um, so yeah, let's let's see. Buffalo at thirty, no. I mean, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, they don't need running backs either. So. Who? Kansas City might. Who's am I? Am I having a bra- no? Clyde Edwards Elair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had a brain fart. All right. <laughs> okay. So what? Miami maybe. Miami maybe. The maybe. Jets maybe. Jets, maybe Pittsburgh. Chicago for some reason. Yeah. So there's. I think you know there's, there's a handful. Yes. There there's there's really only two guys that will go. Eh. 
I don't know. I mean, there, I would. I don't think there's going to be more than two going. No, no, not not in the first round, but I there's there's a few sleepers. I, I think for for the running back room. Um, you know, shout out, shout out, Jared Patterson. UB, great name too, of course. Um, it's spelled wrong, but yeah, it's a great name. So I mean, he had 409 yards and eight touchdowns in a game against Kent State. You can't just overlook that. I don't. I don't really know if he'll translate too well. Um, you know, I, I think he, he he could be a nice piece, but I don't know if he's going to really turn into a, a RB one. But Javante Williams and Michael Carter, those are the two guys that, two that guys. I'm very high on. Those yes. are the other two that are both absolutely insane, and it's crazy that North Carolina had them both at the same time. And um, I, I don't, I mean, they're they're not going to be first round picks, but there's they'll there's be second argument, round picks. There's an argument that they they might be five years down the road. We'll say why why weren't they. One of at least one of these guys be first round picks because they are they are so talented. Uh, I might backpedal a little bit. Javante Williams might go at the end of the first, maybe. He's good. I, Him somebody, and Michael Carter are both nasty. If somebody trades that. up, if somebody yes, trades up, yes, it'll happen. That's fair. Um, that's fair. But I don't really see it happening because there's still going to be a lot of good pieces outside the running back room that'll still be there after the first round. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if a team's going to want to give up assets to trade into the first round to get one of those guys, but we'll no, see. Yeah, I get Crazier it. things have happened. Yeah, that they have. I mean, you know, Blake Bortles went in the top five <laughs> overall, didn't he? So. He sure did. Oh, man. I was going to say something about Pat, Pat Fryermuth, and then I kind of forgot it. Oh, wait, no. I was going to say he'd be a great fit for the Washington football team, but they don't pick again until 51, and I don't think he makes it that far. Yeah. So No, but you never know. We, we see guys drop all the time. I mean, maybe a team loves – a guy like Brevin Jordan over him. I don't know. I mean, Jordan maybe seems more, yeah, more athletic, I would say, than Pat Firemuth. Um, but Pat Pat Firemuth just seems like a just just a tight end. You know, even the name, everything down to the name. Every, just, yeah, I was going to say, his name just screams I'm a fucking tight end. <laughs> just a, a big, burly man that can just run block the hell out of you all day so i think we're getting pretty close to being able to call penn state tight end you because we had mike Kosicki go in the Mike's second Kosicki, round a yep. few years ago jesse um, james, now, yeah, jesse you know. james so um and now uh old pat fryermuth uh mm. i'm excited to see where he goes because yeah, I, I want am. him to be successful i am too 17 days we're almost there pal why can't we just do it now you know <laughs> the the best things you have to wait for in life so 17 days and we will be there and i cannot wait but of course we have to thank our guest kate johnson maybe he'll sneak into the first round probably not but you know one can hope that we'll have a first round pick on our show that'd be pretty cool actually we did we had we had uh christian kirk on our show way back that That was was a while ago that was a year ago almost we need to Hmm. hit him up again Anyway, of course yes thank, thank you thank you thank you to all of our guests we always appreciate any time that they give us yeah that we do so oh no it was a good show kurt where can they find you on twitter you guys can find me at kurt k-u-r-t homicer h-a-u-m-e-s-s-e-r 88 any shows any articles any anything that i do it is <laughs> always on there i always appreciate the love so jared where can they find you you can find me on twitter at j bailey nfl um oh man i forgot to tell you about this before we go so um we can't not talk about garner Minshew's instagram posts <laughs> He, he's just he's he's really giving the Jaguars a lot to think about. Do they really want Trevor Lawrence or do they want Gardner Minshew as their starting quarterback? 
You know, Benjamin Albright tweeted out that he can't wait for Gardner Minshew's debut debut country album. Yes. And damned if, I, I mean, damned if I didn't write a country song that Gardner Minshew would sing. Oh, man. You need to sing that live on stream. I'm Tune in Saturday for Two Skinny Dudes when I sing the Gardner Minshew song live on stream. You got it. But, I mean, just everything. He had, he had the hair going. He had the chest he popping. He had the, fantastic. Whoop. I mean, do we – He's ever he's probably the coolest quarterback in the NFL behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would think. I want to hang out with him and Ryan Fitzpatrick at the same time. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gardner Minshew are very similar to yes. um who am I trying to compare them to? I feel like it's a superhero duo. Mm. They they're phenomenal. I mean, yes, yes, period. That's it. Yeah, and we need to we need to try everything in our power to get him on our podcast. So let's let's get on that tonight. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's both do that. So okay. maybe cool. tune in at some point, and one or the other will be on the show. We'll see. <laughs> but as always, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Laces Out for Kurt. I'm Jared. We will see you guys very soon on the next edition of Laces Out. Till then, we'll see you. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.